Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for week three of our Lenten podcast, Knowing You, Jesus. This week, we're going to be looking at how Jesus is the light of the world. And our scripture is going to come from John chapter 8, verse 12. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. As this is the third week of Lent, it's crazy to think that we're already halfway through with only three Sundays remaining in the season. It is our hope that this season proves encouraging and fruitful as we continue to lay down distractions and focus on Resurrection Sunday that is right around the corner. Today, we're going to continue to look at various names of Jesus, and today we're going to be exploring Christ as light of the world. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture your house in the daytime, how inviting it is, uh, maybe how warm, how comforting it might be. But then picture it in the dark, without any electricity, without anything at all. Think about how that would make you feel, especially maybe like in the middle of the night. I know an interesting thing happened to us when our second daughter was born. We were in Little Rock, Arkansas, and a really bad storm had come through. Um, I know that me and uh, my wife had to be separated. Our, our newly born daughter actually um, had to stay in the hospital a few nights because she was having some complications. And so me and my older daughter, who was three years old at the time, had got sent back home, which was about 45 minutes away, as they wouldn't allow us to stay in the hospital. And we went home and everything was good and finally had a great trip home. I ended up going to bed, and in the middle of the night, we lost power. And I will never forget the cries of my three-year-old about how terrified she was that there just could not be any lights in the house. I know we lit a few candles, and and everything kind of seemed to be a little bit better, but there was this fear that I had never saw in a child before, just in pitch black darkness. And I want you to think about this, because... In some ways, many of us know in the daytime every inch of our home. We know where everything's located. If you ask us to find something, we can quickly go there and immediately get it. But in the moment that everything's pitch black, you can't find anything. And this is interesting. But when candles and a flashlight maybe enter the scene, then we don't have to endure the darkness anymore. So really in a lot of ways... Um, light is so useful. It brings so much comfort and peace, especially when we're in the middle of the darkness. And I want you to think back to our scripture again. That's from John chapter 8. I'm going to read it again for us. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The word that's used here in the original Greek means to shine or make manifest. It could mean light. It also means brightness. But even more than that, though, this noun properly translated means light and as a result of what is created. This use in John also means that the manifestation of God's self-existent life is that he's divinely illuminating every part of life. And that's through Jesus. 
So let's set the scene for just a moment. According to John chapter 8, verse 20, Jesus was speaking these words in the treasury of the temple. This was near the court of women, the most public and accessible space in the entire temple complex. The Feast of Tabernacles was going on, um, and a Jewish celebration um, during the Feast of Tabernacles is meant to remind people of God's Shekinah glory that fell and lit their way out of Egypt. The temple's position on the hilltop would meant that when the temple was brightly illuminated, the light would pour throughout the entire city. During the celebration, there was four golden candlesticks that were illuminated, showing light in the entire court. On one night when the candles would not yet be lit to remind the Jewish people of the power of darkness, that's when Jesus proclaims, I am the light of the world. It would have been a very iconic moment if you were there. He did so from the same space where the candlesticks were reminding the Jewish people of the light of God that led them out of bondage out of Egypt. Just think back to that moment again, especially in the book of Exodus, whenever they're being led out of captivity. Of course, there's all these plagues that have happened. One of the plagues is darkness, and God is literally lighting their way out. As they cross over the Red Sea, as all these miracles begin to happen, God not only is physically lighting their way, but he's also showing them, I can light up and illuminate your lives to live better. You don't have to live as slaves, you can live as free people, and he gave them the Ten Commandments. And I know very similarly, uh, that's really what this Feast of Tabernacles is supposed to do. It's supposed to show them that God can lead you out of bondage and take you to a place of freedom. And in the same case, he does so for us. Jesus was declaring that he is in fact not only the light back then, but the light today. There's some scriptures that say a lot about Jesus being the light. First of all, in Luke 2.32, it says he is the light of the world. Uh, because the infant Jesus is called a light to reveal God to the nations, like a lantern or flashlight points the way. In fact, it also says a little bit of something about this in Isaiah 42, verse 6. It says the coming Messiah was prophesied to be a light and guide to the nations. Very similar, again, of what we see in Luke chapter 2. Isaiah 49, verse 6 goes even further, and it says, I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Malachi 4.2 prophesies and says, The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. So we get all kinds of pictures here of Jesus being the light. And that's a really beautiful and comforting thought as we think about it, especially in our times, especially in the midst of pandemic and things being unknown, things being so fluid and changing rapidly. The one thing we can count on is that Jesus is going to shine the light in our life and in our world. So let us now look to Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. It's a very familiar scripture. Most of us know it. We might even have it memorized. But it says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one gives light uh, through a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the home. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out there for all to see, 
so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. There's one thing you have to know and believe about Christ, and that is that Christ will always illuminate our darkest and most fearful places in our life. I want you to think about where that place is. Maybe it's a place that only you know. Maybe nobody else knows about it. That dark and fearful and terrifying place. And I want you to imagine Jesus illuminating that space so that you can be set free. That is really how God intends to get his work done in earth. And one of the things you need to ponder is is God's purpose in illuminating this place in your life so that he can do his work in you and through you. Because how in the world are we supposed to be anything close to the light of the world if we don't allow Jesus into these spaces? Because first we have to understand how light works. Light, first of all, can travel incredibly great distances. Light is also meant to be reflected. It is also the same with Christ. He calls us to share his message, his message of hope, to shine our light from the hilltop like the temple would have been seen during the Feast of Tabernacle. And in the same way, we're to let our light shine for others to see. Second, we got to remember where Jesus calls us to be light. This is kind of an interesting question. And we really have to ask, well, where do I show God at? Where am I going to reveal at this light? It's interesting to note he doesn't call us the light of the church or the light of the sanctuary, but the light of the world. Our light is for the darkness of the world to be pushed back, and it's also to show anybody around us Um, I think about the story where the rich young ruler asked Jesus who his neighbor was. I want you to think back to that story. And ultimately, Jesus' response to the rich young ruler is, well, your neighbor is the person around you, the person in front of you. It could be the Samaritan. It could be a woman. It could be a tax collector. It could be somebody who's been unclean. I know we looked at that last week, that regardless of... Uh, any kind of status in society, Jesus heals people. Think about last week when we talked about when Jesus healed the woman who had been bleeding 12 years, but on the same token, also healed Jairus' daughter who was 12 years old. Jairus was at the top of society being the synagogue leader, whereas the woman who had been bleeding 12 years was unclean and actually not supposed to be in the crowd at all. There's some really interesting things we see, and we're seeing we're seeing here that we're supposed to be the light of the world to everyone around us, literally the world, not just those maybe that we're comfortable with or that we would deem uh, worth our time. And so how can we shine for God this week? Jesus says that we're to let our light shine before men in such a way that they will see our good works and glorify our God in heaven. That's Matthew 5 verse 16. So how can you let your light shine this week? Maybe it's maybe it's through being intentional with some people that maybe you haven't really had much interaction with. Uh, maybe it's buying a coffee for uh, that person that makes you feel very uncomfortable. Um, maybe it's uh, honestly uh, doing some volunteer work, maybe at a local mission 
or the Salvation Army? Or what if it's literally just calling a family member to reconcile that relationship that's been sitting for quite a while unresolved? All of those type things can actually light up the world because those things lose their power over us and in essence set us free. So I'll ask you again, how can you shine for God this week? There is a challenge to this though. The challenge is we have to surrender our lives to Him completely, not just 50% or 75%, but 100%. Christ says that we have to let our lights shine. In other words, when you get right with God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then by nature that'll flow out of you onto others. So the challenge today is this. Have you embraced Christ as the light of the world? It's interesting to note here that in the scripture specifically, if you keep on reading in this chapter, Jesus is once again affirming that he is the Messiah. He's talking here to uh, specifically Pharisees and other teachers of the law who totally don't believe him at all. And in fact, the leaders during this passage are already thinking about ways that they can get rid of Jesus. They're already thinking they need to get rid of him, and the quicker they do it, the better. And the only reason they don't is because at the very end of this chapter, it says, but his time has not yet come. I know whenever we think about our light shining, the reality is it's always the right time. We need to let, uh, we need to let our light shine now. That it's not like Jesus where his time had not yet come. It's our time is now. There is no time like the present to let our light shine. So how have you let your light shine in the past? And how will you do so in the future this week? I know that's a lot to think about, but thank you for joining us for week three of our Knowing You Jesus series as we've looked at how Jesus is the light of the world. And join us next week as we continue on our series of Knowing You Jesus in our Linton podcast. Thank you so much, and may God bless you this evening. Take care.